The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. everybody, welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Darden. Join this fine Tuesday with Lawrence Jackson and Kyle DeVorchick, where we will break down Monday Night Football, whether you want us to or not, and then talk about Week 17's toughest rankings. And, you know, let's talk about, hope everyone's having a happy holidays. And Lawrence covered Monday Night Football uh, for the site, which he does not usually do. And we, you know, we were regaling each other with tales before the show of what a wonderful game it was. And <laughs> you may have seen this tweet, but... I tweeted last night, like, man, I'm really glad my wife doesn't realize how horrible some of these games I sit and watch are because, like, there was just no excuse for me to be watching this game. And then I did, and my wife is a saint. And thankfully, though, doesn't know the difference between a good uh, Josh Allen game and a horrific, horrific Nick Foles game. And <laughs> I feel like I owe an apology to so many people for watching that game. Uh, Lawrence, uh, yeah, uh, sounds like you didn't really – so, like, uh, maybe you were literally begging for the game to end? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, first off, you know, congratulations for to Nick Foles for, you know, pretty much sending the Chargers to the playoffs for uh, the first time since 2018. Kudos there. Um, yeah, man, th- this game, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of – this is one of them games where, you know, Otto went to sleep at halftime, <laughs> woke up. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. (laughs) Like, this is what I do usually during these types of prime time, most prime time, but especially this type. Like, go to sleep first half, uh, wake up middle of the night, finish the rest, fast read where I could uh, fast forward it, you know, and just do it like that. But, uh, you know, I I got the pleasure of covering this game. And for some reason, it just wanted to go on forever, you know, where, you know, Zach Moss was definitely the best player for the Colts last night, you know. So, um, but, hey, uh, you know, it's over now. Uh, Congrats (laughs) to the Chargers. (laughs) Playoff bound, baby. I don't know. I know the Colts said they planned for Nick Foles to start for the rest of the season. And I was like, you know what, man? The the team hasn't moved far with Matt Ryan. You know, give give Nick Foles a shot. He's Super Bowl MVP. He he need to go on somewhere now. <laughs> what is that? What was he doing in that I game? Do not know. Who's wrote, the worst quarterback this team has? I guess who's the best? I it's, kinda, it's, it's Matt Ryan. I don't. It might know, still man. be Ellinger. Actually, I kind of think it might be Ellinger. It's because he can like kind of run around a little I, bit. I, I would say I was. <laughs> No, not I'm not old. saying I'm not saying Ellinger, but I'll give I'll him give the benefit it. of the doubt because he's a rookie. 
Yeah. He he don't know no better. He's actually these is other, he a rookie? I think he's a, yeah, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. Uh, <laughs> the, the, these other two dudes, they know better. Both they of them no played in the Super Bowl. No Both of them plays Nick Foles. They say, okay, let's throw the ball downfield. That don't mean just throw it to the other players. <laughs> that don't mean that. Oh, well, Nick Foles knows better. He knows that he's just going to the farm this winter and never coming back. He He's done with this NFL stuff, uh, rightfully so. And, yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll read my prepared spiel where uh, we kind of covered it. I mean, Nick Foles, latest Colts quarterback to generate zero offense whatsoever. Honestly, maybe the worst performance I've seen by any quarterback in the NFL all season. He basically looked like a porcelain vase, like under center, like – and even the Chargers, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this. There are multiple sacks where it seemed like the Chargers were like trying not to injure him, like kind of like letting him down easy. <laughs> like there was at least two sacks where they were hitting him, and you could see them easing up. Like, oh man, I really don't want to hurt this guy. Like he's kind of a legend. Uh, don't want to <laughs> don't want to break Nick Foles in half. But I mean, I got to sack him. And and there you know, was plenty of those. There were seriously plenty. Of, man, I know. I, I I tweeted this last night too. He reminded me. I don't know if you, you, Lawrence will probably remember this. I don't know if Kyle remember this. Mark Brunel on the Jets was the last oh. time I had this sensation of a quarterback. Like this guy is like too old to be on the field. Like this is like dangerous. Like this guy like might die. Uh, the last time I got this sensation was when I watched Nicholas Cage take the declaration of independence. Cause he's essentially <laughs> committing a crime, smashing and grabbing, but it is a prize document, which with you should be so delicate and careful with. And Nick Foles is a national treasure, you know, to borrow the phrase. But oh, uh, he was, he is now, should be put in the museum. He should no longer be in active duty. And he's he's got it made for life because he's a classic guy. It's the, the classic cliche, I'll never have to pay for a beer in Philadelphia as long as he lives. And because he beat the Patriots, he can probably get free beers in a lot of cities. Cause it's like a good, That's true. To be yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You can't, you can never take what he's done away from no way, no. no how. And to be honest, I don't, he ain't even really that old. He might be a couple years younger. He is a couple years younger than Matt Ryan, Definitely. but it's the way that everything looked last night that made him look like he was older than Tom Brady. Well, you know, Lawrence, I thought you were might say he's younger than us because, uh, he is. He's younger. He, yeah, well, he's let's younger. Not us, yeah. Let's not uh, us this one. No, not all of us. No. <laughs> yeah, I, but look, I would have, I would have escaped some of them sacks. <laughs> Even with that line, who don't be blocking for nobody? They don't block for no quarterbacks out there. Yeah, I think after seeing you in Canton, Ohio, I'm pretty sure you would have spun, spun out of at least one. <laughs> I, I would have, I wouldn't have got sacked seven times. No. I would have got sacked six and a half. I'd say four to five. You would have gotten sacked <laughs> four to five times. So as we like, we set the stage for Nick Foles is bad, and he's apparently going to start the final two games. Michael Pittman's been held below 40 yards in two of his past three games. The one exception was when they had to. Like kind of go into desperation mode to, after they blew their lead against the Vikings. Paris Campbell's under 20 yards in three of his past four games. You know, two games left, the fantasy finals this week. Uh, the Colts have the Giants. Can we trust anyone in this Colts passing? Can we even call Michael Pittman a wide receiver three at this point? Maybe. He's a mediocre flex. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of these, like, uh, these, the problematic guys that they're like good players. They see a reasonable share of their offense, but on any given week, 
the Panthers offense, the Saints offense, uh, the Broncos offense, you know, some of these teams, it it almost doesn't matter if you see 100% of the team's targets. They, the, you know, they put up three points to a night ago or whatever. It doesn't matter how much you see of that. And he might be in the worst spot of most of them other than like the Broncos guys, right? Because like Panthers offense is somehow putting up points now. Yeah, I, I don't, don't see, I don't know. Right. Like we are putting our best minds to it and they are mm-hmm. coming up with no one, I mean, no one actually watched that game on Christmas Eve, of course. But, uh, <laughs> we didn't have it blurbed. Uh, in fact, no one watched it. It was that's not played. true. It's, it's written up on the site. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was Jonathan. But... I thought it was Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. <laughs> that's what I thought it was. They had 364 yards in the first half. We are digressing, but the Panthers had a franchise record 364 yards in the first half against the Lions. Yeah, sorry to sideline us, but like you think about the desperate situations and. And those ones, I'm throwing out the Broncos, seem to have some sort of phases of hope that they go through. DJ Moore scores touchdowns every now and then all of a sudden, right? Like like Chris Olave, as few and as far between as it is, I'm kind of going to throw out last week because it's, it was a weather game. Uh, every once in a while comes Wait, up with – He also didn't play. <laughs> if he, When he plays, though, comes up with – you know, I'm saying like their offense. But every once in a while, he'll come up with the, maybe – I don't know how long we'll – we see him but every once in a while comes up with the long catch what like what can michael Pittman do to break out in an individual game i just don't see it so he's like zero floor almost no ceiling what are we doing here do you guys know how many touchdowns michael Pittman has this year am i I gonna be too high if i say two here no i could see two on the tip of your tongue and it is two yes oh let's go one of which came in week one against the 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 texans where he had count. 121 yards and nine catches. Boy, did we think it was going to be a different kind of season. We did. Michael Pittman and week How one. young and naive we were. And he's averaging under 10 yards per catch, which is really, really bad number for a player who plays uh, the kind of receiver he does. So do you not have him ranked as a wide receiver three this week? I don't blame you. I have him quite literally right on the borderline. Well, I have him as a wide receiver 35. So by the letter of the law, I do have him as a wide receiver three. I mean, are we playing Michael Pittman against the Giants or are we playing Brandon Cooks against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, I'd rather just go Cooks, man. At, at least we've so. – uh, like that – after seeing what I just saw, I'm scared to death to start anything yeah. going that coming from the Colts. Uh, even though Davis Mills ain't really all that much better, we've seen Brandon Cooks at least be successful – uh, fan, from a fantasy standpoint with Davis Mills. So, um, you know, I, I would lean that, but, um, you know, w- it's not something that, you know, either or. It's not, not betting your mortgage on it, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon Cooks, or excuse me, Michael Pittman against the Giants or Jahan Dotson against the Browns with Carson Wentz likely to be under center for the Commanders. Oh, that one's a Jahan. easier. That's what that one's much easier for me there. I know I had Jahan one spot behind him and I am like, Oh, gonna have to change that. Cause <laughs> if I'm setting lineups this weekend. There is no way in hell I would play Michael Pittman over, which is uh, honestly a, a good way to tie break uh, ranking. Sometimes there's just no way in hell I would actually start Michael Pittman over Jahan Dotson. Let's see if there's any final one. Uh, Adam Thielen um, against the uh, green Bay Packers or Michael Pittman against the New York giants. I might go back to Pittman on this one, but I think that's just the zoomer in me. I can't fathom playing Adam Thielen. I mean, I really can't fathom playing Michael Pittman. That, that, that Thielen is tough here. Thielen, he came back down to earth uh, against the uh, 
Whoever they, <laughs> you know, uh, the football yeah, game. They played the, they played the Giants. He had one catch for six yards. And in, in, in therein lies the 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 uh, the evidence right there of why we had to go Michael Pittman. Your Honor, I Adam present Thielen. to you Week 16. Apparently, this is not a joke. Adam Thielen has only surpassed 70 yards one time all season, and it was 72. I know. I almost know that for a fact. Like I could have told you that because I think I wrote up four weeks ago or something that like hasn't passed 80 yards since week two. Uh, But it doesn't like score a ton of touchdowns either. Like it's not like, you know, we kind of make fun of him as a tight end, but like he doesn't go out and be this dominant red zone weapon either. So give me, give me the, well, that used to be his calling card was getting the touchdowns Mm because last season he didn't have a thousand receiving yards, but he scored. What, 14 touchdowns? Was that last year or two years ago? No, yeah, it was last year. He had 10, 10 touchdowns last year, 14 10, in 2020. 14 in 2020. Do that okay. more. Yeah. He, he, actually has not had, he has not had a 1,000 yards. When was the last time you think Adam Thielen had a 1,000 yards? Probably. I guess two years ago. Nope. Wow. I would have said 2019. 2018. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So have been getting away with this for a long time. <laughs> he really has. Yeah, real, real long time. I don't know why. I mean, we should not belabor this conversation. Cortland Sutton against the Kansas City Chiefs or Michael Pittman against the New York Giants. Pittman. Yeah, I think so, too. The Broncos are going to run 55 times this weekend. Dude, like, that, I mean, every single week. We're not doing this again, but I'm slightly doing it again. <laughs> every single week, you think the Broncos can't get worse. And they don't just get – they don't take one step down. They dig so much deeper than you thought they ever could. Oh, my God. It's like – if you want to hear imaginable, if you want to hear good Broncos talk, Denny Carter, Patrick Crane, and myself had a good discussion on Monday's podcast. So check that out if you have not heard it. I guess we better move on from Michael Pittman because uh, we're not high on him. Is I think the takeaway <laughs> on the other side of the ball Monday night, Justin Herbert. He's been looking a lot better in real life over the past month. He's at least averaging over seven yards per attempt again every week. He's hitting a few deep balls, looking physically really good after his rib issues, but. He has only two touchdowns and four December starts. Really not sure how in the world that's possible. It's coincided with Mike Williams's return too. I mean, we're not getting crazy for the fantasy finals and taking Justin Herbert out of the top 12 at quarterback, right? It's just kind of one of those really unfortunate situations where if you happen to survive them at under center, you just have to keep him in there and wait for the, reg- the regression to hit. Do you not, Kyle? Like, Kyle, I see you looking quizzical. So tell me. I mean, thoughts. like, they're like, his ADOT still in a single game has not gone to nine this year. I believe it's over eight once it is back to back seven point somethings. Like they're clearly moving the ball a little bit more downfield, but that's not a high bar to clear for what they were doing earlier in the year. We're still not seeing like Mike Williams be used to his fullest potential. It's still a somehow Keenan Allen centric offense where you think like, there could be a really strong balance situation in which Mike Williams is drawing plenty of targets, high leverage targets down the field. And we're just not getting that. And because he could be doing that, that would leave Keenan Allen more open across the center of the field and even make Austin Eckler more efficient as well. But instead they're just playing like it's getting a little better, but is it the point we want to see it where they're moving the ball consistently past the sticks? They're not, I, I, I know they're capable of more. I don't think this is a quite as broke of an offense as we saw a month ago, but they're capable of so much more. And do we see that much from them this week? I mean, I, maybe the Rams are a better team than I gave them credit for with Baker Mayfield in our center. 
I, 50, 50 burgers. Uh, I know. They, don't look up what team they did it against. They'll, they'll certainly provide more resistance than the coach just did. Yes. I, um, will they? I, I don't know, man. They should. <clears throat> everything about this team says they should be horrific. But then they play the Broncos, and you see that there's levels to this stuff. They're a yeah. bad team. The Broncos, yeah. and maybe that's all you need to be, is a bad team to put up some points, right? And the Chargers defense is not elite by any metric. So if this game ends up being decent, yeah, I think your Herbert's probably still a QB1. But if you tell me they play, like, if you tell me it's 23, it's, it was the exact score line of uh, the Colts game. At that point, Herbert will not finish the game as a QB1. It just almost oh. cannot happen. Oh, and I think that's a very reasonable outcome. I just don't have a lot of faith in the Broncos repeating or even coming close. I think they are more true to the team they were two weeks ago. Or the Broncos, uh, the Rams. The Rams. Yeah. With the Rams, by the um, way, before we get to Lawrence on Herbert, just, the, the Rams are a bad team, but you see the difference. There's a difference between bad teams who have a good coach and bad teams who have a bad coach. Because bad teams who have a good coach will just like spring these random outcomes on people. Like, wow, I know – not the Rams year, but uh, scored 50 points. Uh, that's because they have a good coach. And that's within their range of outcomes, not within the Denver Broncos range of outcomes. Lawrence, what are your Justin Herbert thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, it's not what everybody wants. On the year, quarterback 15 on a points-per-game basis. Last three games, one touchdown, three interceptions, right? But they're winning. <laughs> this is the thing. Now they're in the playoffs. It's just gotten to the point where, you know, people had to decide what they want. And if you have them on your fantasy team, we know what you want. But you want to your season to not be over because it's already over. Right. Um, so the really first couple of years, sixth place, there's a big six, fifth, sixth place matter. The first two years, the first two years, you know, Justin Herbert's throwing all the yards, the touchdowns and. The Chargers are losing games at the end and at the end of the season to keep them from being in the playoffs. But now the Chargers, he's not having to throw the ball deep every play, which is what most football fans want him to do. I get that. I understand that. He got a cannon. But if you look at how they played last night, yeah, he threw the one pick. Um, but you look at how they played last night. He's hitting Keenan Allen open every time because that's a receiver who knows how to get open probably better than any receiver in the league. That's what's working for them. The Chargers defense has been playing better over the past couple of weeks. Joey Bosa is going to resume practicing too. He will come back as well, right? So, I mean, from a football perspective, I'm sure Justin Herbert is pretty damn happy right now. We just not getting the the wild stats that he's – you like – so if you said coming into the season like Justin Herbert will be 21 TDs, 10 picks at the end of the season right now, people probably like, nah, you you lowballing him. Well, he's he's I, I actually from a football standpoint, I'm more impressed with him now than the previous two years. It's hard to see, but they're in the playoffs now from a fantasy perspective. Um, like like y'all say, you can't just knock him out of the top 12. Uh, quarterback especially with the Rams on tap here coming up and whatever injuries they have but um you just have to I don't know I guess temper the expectations a little bit I have I tried to make that distinction on Twitter when I had a tweet about him Tuesday morning where he he is playing better in real life he got derailed by the rib thing he's still kind of getting derailed by his protection by the way he's taken at least three sacks and six straight starts that's like pretty hard to do actually that's 
a lot, a lot of hits. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe throw a jump ball to the six-five giant you have on your team every once in a while instead of taking a sack. Who knows? Or to just relieve pressure, yeah, to scare the defense and not let them camp out on the box. Um, I'm not upset. Why are you asking? Tra- Justin Herbert or Jared Goff against the Chicago Bears? Goff. I'm going to go Goff. Bears matchup is a windmill. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Justin Herbert or if Jalen Hurts does not play Gardner Minshew against the New Orleans Saints. I think Min- Minshew. Oh, no. Uh, that one's close. I don't know. But, but you see, though, like, just saying that's close is crazy. <laughs> and J- Justin Herbert against the Rams or Aaron Rodgers against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings allowing the most passing yards in football. I was going to say Rodgers easily, and I don't – I've been so underwhelmed by that offense. But I guess uh, – do we have a – have you seen an update on Christian Watson? I was uh, driving for the entirety of the past 46 hours. <laughs> They don't no. have Watson. I don't think there's been an update on Christian Watson. Not surprising, yeah. He was day to day on Monday. Okay, so if he plays, then definitely Rodgers. Like that looks like a really like shootout potential. Like especially for the Packers, where they lose this and it's almost over. I don't think they're mathematically eliminated, but they're you know realistically eliminated. It would be and pretty. They might be. I think I was looking. Yeah. I was messing around with the five thirty eight model and it gave them like a two percent chance, which is to say like they'd need a million things to go right, and then they'd still be a coin flip or whatever. I think they could un- unleash it a little bit, mostly because the Vikings have been a team that they both push and get pushed on, right? It's the both directions of possible shootout. I like Rodgers this week. Yeah. Let's just be Ugh. real. The, the Packers are going to win this game, too. If no one wants this. Really, 100%. They're going to win this game. Uh, no one wanted them to beat the Dolphins either, and they did. But, boy, yeah, well, Christian Watson, get well soon, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we need you bad. The NFL. I actually liked bad. Aaron Rodgers against the Dolphins. He didn't end up having a great game, but he, he didn't have to because, you know, my boy, too, he ain't really had to have a great game. They ended up winning that game. but He did not have a great game, Lawrence. But producer Adam points out the Packers are indeed three-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, you may be uh, a bit uh, flying too close to the sun as a 12-and-3 team if you are a road dog to a 7-and-8 team. Um you may have been getting a little luck on your side. So that's going to be a really interesting game this week. We'll move on to running back now. We're having trouble ranking everybody. Lawrence Jackson, who are you having trouble ranking your running back for week 17, the fantasy finals? Well, the the Lions running backs, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, for it, Now, this is why it's hard to rank because you got them at home. You have a good matchup against the Bears, who are the fourth worst against running backs in fantasy however these lines running backs have been tricky and to be honest jamal williams hasn't been tricky at all these past three or four weeks badly all, he's looking uh totally cooked yeah all he's been doing was has re- been rushing for 36 yards every game and <laughs> scoring no touchdowns and when jamal williams don't score no touchdowns you might as well go to sleep if you got him in your <laughs> roster because you're getting nothing right there now, on, on DeAndre Swift's side, his touches keep on, you know, it's like a seesaw every week. We saw him go uh, three weeks ago, 18 touches for over 100 total yards. Then he went back down to nine touches for 39 total yards. Then he went back up to 14 touches for 61 yards. So it's like, what are we going to get now? I would obviously I would be more prone to go with uh, DeAndre Swift in this matchup, but 
being as how, like I mentioned, the matchup, the Lions will be able to get in there near that goal line, and that's going to be Jamal Williams all day. So when you get those, uh, you know, 16 carries for 29 yards and that touchdown, that's, you know, that's decent points for him right there. Yeah, I mean, you just described like a game environment that should favor both backs because they are going to be drives to finish near the goal line for the Lions. And it's going to be like a track meet. The total's over 50. It's going to be a back and forth game. That should help spark DeAndre Swift in theory. Just Lawrence, to put a few stats on what you were describing, Jamal Williams has 36 carries for 81 scoreless yards over his past three games. <laughs> what? Uh, he, hasn't, I- he hasn't hit f- four yards per carry in eight straight games. Just a guy with no – I was looking at them numbers by game, but I was just too embarrassed to add them up like you <laughs> just did. I ain't want to even do, bro, like that. I ain't want to add them Yeah, up. I'm sorry. 36 for scoreless, 81. But then DeAndre Swift has zero touchdowns and 27 touches over the past three weeks. But the way you just described it in my head, like, yeah, it's going to be like kind of a tough pill to swallow, but we probably need to get Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift a little higher than maybe we would like to just because of the game environment. Correct, Kyle Dvorak? I mean, like, I don't think you have to rank DeAndre Swift that highly. I mean, has <laughs> one game with What is over- the meaning of have, you know? Um. <laughs> uh, would I like to? Sure. I, I love DeAndre Swift, but has one game with over eight carries in the past. I'm not going to count it. It looks like about 13 games <laughs> since week one. He had the 15-carry game in week one. Then he had the the complete false flag operation of comes off the injury report entirely, you know, never starts on the injury report gets 14 carries plus some receptions. And then that has kind of dissipated since. And his snaps have been sort of rebounding following the letdown after that game up to 40%, then up to 56% last week. But he only ran a route on 52% of the team's dropbacks. They're still getting Justin Jeff- Justin Jackson some of the team's routes. And then they're not also going to give Jamal Williams, obviously, at least the first crack seemingly at the goal line works like, you are here's my prediction. My prediction is I say you shouldn't play him. He's seeing far less than half of the team's carries. He's seeing roughly half of the team's routes. He's super efficient, but there's just so little meat on the bone with that volume. And then he breaks a long one. He turns 11 touches into 130 yards and a touchdown. And you guys say he was a great play. And I come back and I'm disappointed <laughs> because the process, the process, the process. Always the process. I'm only going to do two of these, but. So some weird ones. DeAndre Swift against the Chicago Bears or Chuba Hubbard on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So ceiling versus floor, basically. I think I'm going to go Chuba. Ooh, yes. dear. Ooh. I, I have I'm Chuba a, ranked I, I'm, spot I'm, ahead of him. I'm oh, there shoot. you go. Yeah, we're three I'm for three at Chuba. I might honestly change it. Lawrence had me kind of feeling a little better about DeAndre now, Swift. I'm going with Swift. Okay, thank God. I'm All going right. with Swift. Thank God. DeAndre I mean, Swift. I'm, I'm, I wasn't that convinced, but I'm still, you know. DeAndre Swift against the Bears or Raheem Mostert on the road against the New England Patriots. That'll mm. be Swift for me, too. Mostert. Oh, dear. Man. I'm not playing the Swift guy. Stop playing the Swift all guy. All right. All right. All right. Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking? One of them is in the DeAndre Swift zone. I'm just going to do the reveal. James Cook. You're having problems with James Cook and Devin Singletary. 
Yeah, both of them. And per usual, there's just, I, I mean, this is actually kind of a Lions-esque backfield where, like, there are reasons for us to want to target this backfield, namely that they're the Bills. And the Bills put up a ton of points and having Josh Allen who can both run the ball. I mean, he's like the third best Russian quarterback in the NFL, I don't know, fourth, whatever. Uh, he's going to end up as, I think, the QB three in rushing yards and has a cannon of an arm. He is maybe the best throwing quarterback as well, at least the second best makes it so easy for the running backs to have such efficient games. As we saw last week where James cook had 11 carries for 99 yards in a score. And Devin Singletary also blew up James cook last week, tied his season high in snapshot 41%, his second highest marking carries. And interestingly, since week 10, which is about where we started seeing the Josh Allen elbow issues crop up is that the bills have a positive pass rate over expected of 1%. They're just a neutral, perfectly neutral balanced team essentially. And I mean, last week, there are some reasons for that. The weather was, it was probably the second worst weather game of the week. Uh, you know, just eyeballing it just based on the vibes. Looking a lot at of competition. TV. I know a lot of competition. So if I'm forgetting your favorite, the Browns one has to be the worst as someone who is in Northeast Ohio, my God, why would anyone live there? It's insane. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Chicago, the weather, not too far off. That one made you can spell it away a little bit as to why they would just run the football against a team that doesn't defend the run particularly well. But before that, they were still trending towards this balanced team. So if, if both of the backs are going to get a little bit of a bigger pie to work from and James Cook, who has been on the year, the more efficient running back is going to get maybe half the carries, something close to half the running back carries, at least. I'm not putting him in the RB2 range, but he's going to this might be the closest I rank him to that all year. You said Cook or Singletary? Cook. Wow, man. It's a really, really interesting game environment. I mean, this the total's not at 50 yet, but I, man, I have a hard time believing this total won't go over 50. I mean, it is in Cincinnati, Ohio in uh, early January. Uh, the weather could be rough. Uh, it's not forecasted to be rough right now, I don't think, but it seems like it's going to be like, you know, like an AFC championship game style preview game with a ton of points scored. And yeah, I've got both in the top 36 easily this week. And do you have Devin? Did, sorry, you said this in your spiel. Do you have Singletary ranked ahead of Cook still, Kyle? Or I don't have my rankings done yet. In your head, I'm yeah. I'm gonna go Singletary ahead of Cook. I think I might have Singletary as like 24 and Cook is like 28 or something. I'm kind of in that. T- Lawrence, what do you do? You have Singletary, James Cook ranked higher. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have Singletary ranked higher. He he'll get more carries, but again, like Kyle said, uh, James Cook been more efficient throughout the year. I'm I'm going to hope it's James Cook because I need him in one of my championships. So in my like I'm gonna be fair on paper and and put De- uh Devin Singletary ahead of James Cook, but all in my mind, James Cook is RB3 this week. You can tell how warped my brain is because <laughs> I at the end of my all like positive James Cook spiel, Pat's like, So you haven't ranked the RB1 on this team? And I was like, No, of course not. No, I don't have ranked the RB1 on this team. But I like him. I, I think he's fun. I, I could use some points from him too. But no, he's the RB2 on his team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you guys both have James Cook ahead of DeAndre Swift. Oh my God, yes. Don't even. Yeah. That. Come on. Yeah, that on that, I'm going to take, uh, definitely going to take James Cook. He has been seeing much more consistent. Uh, one of y'all just said it's a similar backfield. Well, this is on the better team in the it's better true. offense that it's gets. The Lions backfield on a, in a better situation. It really is. I don't know what to do with Zonovan Bam Knight at the Seahawks, who has 21 yards on 19 carries over the past two weeks. But that was with Zach Wilson just making the offense non-functional. Mike White has been announced as the starter for this weekend against the Seahawks. Thank goodness. 
can after Bam really, really let people down the first two weeks of the fantasy playoffs, can we still say he's like a top 30 back, like a flex relevant back kind of, kind of like right off the past two weeks. Cause I mean, there's just, there was really no way to get yards with whatever Zach Wilson was doing. You can't call it quarterbacking. Yeah, right off might be a little strong, right? Because last week, well, last week the offense was terrible, but most six carries for negative two yards, Kyle. Yeah, that's not good. I don't think that's. I mean, I haven't run the yards per carry. I have a spreadsheet set up to do that. It's just kind of the loose eyeball test says that's not good. But the thing I was going to point out was that he just doesn't. He's never going to catch a pass at this point. I know the team does not like Michael Carter between the tackles, but they have still clearly been favoring him over Zonovan Knight, who has three catches over his past three appearances. They have still been not only favoring Michael Carter, they just don't use Zonovan Knight as a pass catcher out of the backfield, which makes him just so susceptible to these downfalls from this offense that I still think not as prevalent under Mike White are possible. It's not like Mike White is this consistent force that they're never going to have a bad game. And the thing we love about Mike White is that he throws a ton, like he throws a lot of high completion passes, if you're not catching passes, if you're not on the field for rounds, it's not going to help you as much. Do I expect his yards per carry and his touchdown opportunities to be a lot better than they have with Zach Wilson? Of course. But, yeah, would you say, do I think he's top 30? Yeah, top 30. This might be, I need a game test for this one. I haven't ranked as the RB30 right now. I don't know if he's top 30 because Michael Carter didn't close that gap. Yeah. I don't even see how you don't be, like, I, I, the first couple of games, he uh, Zonovan Knight was uh, good as far as running the ball. He was pretty damn good running the ball for for uh, for three games straight. I'm moving him down as you're talking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, against the uh, against the Jaguars, it, it it looked like Michael Carter was like the only thing that was going for them on on offense, boy. Besides uh, Streveler looking like uh, Tim Tebow <laughs> running the ball. That's the only thing they had going. Diet, really. diet caffeine-free Tim Tebow. I, I think it's it, for the Jets' offense to be better, it would involve both running backs being involved. So that may be, you know, they may be leaning into that more. But like Kyle said, you might need a game test. Zon Knight at the Seattle Seahawks or Zach Moss at the New York Giants? Moss. Moss, because after seeing what he did last night, like he's clearly the 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 guy for to finish the season there. He is yep. Zonovan Knight at the Seahawks. AJ Dillon against the Minnesota Vikings. I think AJ Dillon definitely Dillon. Dillon, man, I I did I moved Zonovan Knight down from RB thirty to thirty three for now. It's a really interesting part of the board. I thought you was gonna say thirty to fifty three. <laughs> no, yeah, you didn't really make that much. Not that persuasive. Uh, <laughs> not that, but yeah, you were being quite persuasive. So he's been moved down. We will be moving on to wide receivers right after this. Just a reminder: if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen during bowl season and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Steelers and Ravens in our Sunday night seven contest. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, Kyle Dvorak, who are you having trouble ranking a wide receiver for Week 17? Mike Evans, because the Bucks are terrible, and the only things surviving them right now are the PPR scam players, which is like Chris Godwin and apparently Leonard Fournette's just the guy again. How fun. God, I love this team. I love football, and I love covering <laughs> this as my job. Evans hasn't topped 100 yards since week eight. He hasn't scored since week four, and since week eight, he has an 18% target share, which is like the team's clear second receiver type of stuff. And he has fewer red zone targets than Chris Godwin, which like that's almost the entire saving grace of a typical Evans game is that, okay, sure. You go out and you get a five target game while Godwin who gets open at will gets peppered with targets. One Godwin's not getting open at will to be clear, but typically that is the saving grace is that no matter what Godwin is doing, they get to the end zone a bunch of times. They get to the red zone a bunch of times and they just use the Mike Evans cheat code. They're not even doing that anymore. The offense, I cannot believe how close they came to losing to the Cardinals. Unreal. Wow, man. <laughs> like, this team is so sad, and they're going to probably make the playoffs. So, I don't know, man. What's the early line on Panthers Bucks? I guess the Bucks are favored. Let me look I have, up. Yeah, the Bucks it up. It might depend who's at home because, like, if that's a home game for the Panthers. No, you said it's on the road. Uh, We're going to get favorite. Sam Darnold in the playoffs, Dude, baby. I am so excited. The to Bucks get Sam are three point home. Fa- no, no, the Bucks are at home. The Bucks are three point home. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said that earlier. I forgot about it. Um, Yeah, man. This just looks like, I mean, the Panthers have a very incredibly obvious, it has worked, but it's obvious game plan of let's play. I mean, typically they should be low scoring. If you put up 30 some odd points, it turns out to be high scoring, but they want to play slow, slow pace, run heavy, rely on the defense. If their run game pops off, the game might score points, but the Bucks are also perfectly fine doing that too. running on first down, taking like contested short throws to Chris Godwin. Like they want to keep this game at its under, right? And if that's the case, we're, there's just nothing to garner from Mike Evans. He's like George Pickens, essentially. Ooh, that's a shocking but pretty apt comparison for the way Mike Evans has been playing the past six weeks because it really is that kind of usage and just like praying for like a deep ball, praying that he actually somehow gets the look when they get in the red zone. They've been getting the red And that he zone. catches it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like four weeks ago, the iconic like 70-yard, my season hangs in the balance That's you know, yes. five and six. And I had Mike Evans. I had Tom Brady in a distance scoring league. Um, (laughs) Distance score. You and your distance scoring league. You know what? We don't need to talk about it, but uh, we are. We just did. Yeah, Mike Evans is just, it's a sad, sad, sordid tale. But he's outside the top 24, basically, at this point. Well, not not basically. He is outside the top 24. Fine with that, yeah. Which seemed inconceivable early in the year, but. Uh, this producer Adam points out the Bucks are five and a half point favorites. It's been bet down to three. Dude, I want to go to a Sam Darnold led Panthers playoff game more than anything I've wanted in a long time. Please, you will be, you will be hugely, <laughs> hugely disappointed. No, I want to watch them lose to the <laughs> so, Cowboys by forty. Please, Ooh, they would beat the Cowboys just because that would be a very Cowboys thing to do. That's more, that'd be funny too. Cowboys. Lawrence, who are you having trouble ranking at wide out in Week Seventeen? Um, Jahan Dotson, not really because it's a bad thing. It's it's a good thing, really. Um, he's come back from the injury. Past three weeks, he scored a touchdown in each of those games. Uh, he's getting the targets, targets with nine, six, and nine. 
uh, 76 yards, 105 yards, and 54 the past three games. He's actually outscored Terry McLaurin in the past three games. And we see that, you know, getting Carson Wentz back didn't really, uh, you know. Allegedly. We still don't know for sure if he's starting, but we're pretty sure he is. I mean, he should, right? He should, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing I worry about is uh, if, I, if I'm if i a Jahan Dotson manager going into this week in fantasy is you got to remember that early in the season, Curtis Samuel was highly successful with, with Carson Wentz. Like, Curtis Samuel had ba- basically built himself into being a consistent, like a low-end wide receiver, too, with Carson Wentz, like those targets was not going away. He was getting consistently at or he was getting near or getting double digit targets every game with Carson Wentz. So, but on the on on the flip side, Jahan Dotson was scoring touchdowns early in the season as well. So, and that's what he's doing now. He's now he's clearly above Curtis Samuel in the pecking order as far as pass catching goes on that team. So it's like you you wanna you wanna be fair in the situation. He definitely has to get a bump up higher, but uh, could it be too high? Definitely gonna be higher than my boy Mike Evans. Ooh. But um, wow, you know it just depends on how high. What, yeah, I wanted you, to yeah, you just I, think I, I wanted to bring up, and I figured we would just talk about it now. But as a player, I wanted to talk about was Terry McLaurin for the kind of inverse of the reasons you brought up is that we saw it was, it was so stark that when Carson Wentz started off the year Curtis Samuel was immediately a thing and Jahan Dotson was playing well as well and we were just you know we were on the back of the milk carton looking for Terry McLaurin and last week we didn't see that in the box score because he caught a long 51 yard uh, non-touchdown but then scored a few plays later from Taylor Heineke Carson Wentz comes in throws I believe 16 passes and Terry McLaurin like immediately the switch flips and he gets one target on 16 Carson Wentz attempts. So I like, I think how highly you rank Jahan Dotson is almost the inverse. And I'm kind of assuming Carson Wentz is going to start like you guys said, but assuming that's the case, how highly you rank Dotson is like the exact inverse of how you rank Terry McLaurin. If you are comfortable and I, I think I will be plummeting Terry McLaurin with Carson Wentz center center, you should absolutely feel free to really pump the Jahan Dotson and even the Curtis Samuel numbers. Totally. I mean, Jahan Dotson had four touchdowns in four games with Carson Wentz before Dotson got hurt. Then when he came back, of course, Carson Wentz had been benched. Yeah, producer Adam points out inside the 20-yard line this year, Jahan Dotson has uh, five touchdowns on six catches and seven targets. And a lot of that was from Carson Wentz looking his way in the red zone. And, you know, the man just doesn't – he does not celebrate the Terry McLaurin catalog uh, the way the rest of us do. For some reason, does not seem to realize how amazing Terry McLaurin is in the game of football. Really, 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 you're talking really likes Curtis Samuel uh, more than any human being should. But it's just so so many variables for this commander's receiver core, just like the shifting fortunes and how they're playing and then the quarterback change. I'm I'm very confused what to do with Jahan Dotson. (laughs) Um, I do have him higher than I did last week, so I'm keeping him like on his march up the ranks. But I just wish there weren't – I just wish there wasn't this another new variable. But uh, I, I think we can all agree he's at least a wide receiver three, Jahan Dotson. It sounds like Lawrence maybe had him as a wide receiver two. Is that true, Lawrence? Uh, so, Do you have him as a wide receiver two? Uh, uh, it's uh, it's getting there. 
it's getting there. Maybe by Thursday it'll be a wide receiver too. Yeah, you know things change. Like you say, let's make sure uh, Carson Wentz is on in there. And then we'll see. Yeah, maybe they're going to announce Sam Howell as the starter. Um, is he still on the team? He's a rookie, right? He'd be out my rankings then. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't no. he like hurt something in the preseason? I don't remember. It's going to be Carson Wentz, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be, I have no idea what DeAndre Hopkins caught one of 10 targets from Trace McSorley in week 16 on Sunday night football on Christmas day, the least inefficient game you'll ever see from wide receiver. Of course, playing with a number three quarterback, uh, Colt McCoy should probably be back from his concussion in week 17. Uh, who are the Cardinals playing here? Uh, Colt cares? Ma- Let us true. rest Cardinals, please. No Colt more. McCoy should be back for the Cardinals East coast road trip to take on the Falcons. But even before the one for 10 fiasco with Trace McSorley, DeAndre Hopkins had zero touchdowns on 14 catches on 22 targets over his previous two games. It seemed like the floor and the ceiling both really kind of collapsing without Kyler Murray. Are you guys still comfortable calling DeAndre Hopkins, say, a top 18 wide receiver, or does he need to be plummeting down? No, 18 – I mean, 18 is easily – the top number he ranks in. I thought you were going to say top 12. And I was like, no, comfort would not be how I describe putting him in there. Obviously we have some high scoring games, at least Vegas predicts some high scoring games and no teams on by. So the player pool is as large as it can be. So yeah, wide receiver one feels a little suspect this offense. I mean, they're just done. You know, the, the team is completely given up. They have nothing to play for. And they're going to play a team that like, it's just going to be a runoff. They're going to give James Conner as much as his round body can handle. Lawrence, do you feel, uh, we feel do you, anything about Car- DeAndre Hopkins in the top 18 or. Are you yeah. At, at, first, at first I thought you was about to say top 12. I was about to be like, no, 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 no. Definitely top, uh, definitely top 18, at least with Colt McCoy. He was, you know, getting uh respectable targets. I'll say I use the word respectable respectable targets because we saw he's always gonna get the targets right he got like you said he is gonna get the targets that's true he, he got 10 of them with trace mcsorley only catching one of them but yeah, even in his one catch game he still got 10 targets <laughs> exactly so like that that's was 100 gonna keep him in there also obviously his uh you know elite talent but it's tough to you know uh keep putting him out there as a, a wide receiver one when he doesn't have his quarterback. And we, it's, it, I mean, we saw it when he came back from the suspension, he was, he hit the ground running. Like he was a top five or six receiver. Those first four or five weeks with Kyler Murray with backup quarterbacks, obviously it's harder to do, but we won't get too crazy and uh, and put him in the twenties and all that. He, you know, even if he still had McSorley, I still, you know, go top eighteen because of the targets. Like I, I don't think he could ever play a, a game that inefficient again. Like that. That's wild no, stuff. That's not happening. And he's played in nine games this year. He's reached ten targets in six of them, or maybe seven of them. Um, yeah, seven of them. Yeah, sorry. you just caught a tough break this week. Yeah, so Colt McCoy, he's Colt McCoy. He would be an upgrade on Trace McSorley. (laughs) And they're playing the Falcons. It's not like a a horrible matchup. So, Kyle, did you have anything to add on DeAndre Hopkins for your computer uh, sent you to the ninth circle of hell? 
Yeah, I'm glad you didn't say what I said my computer said to me. <laughs> I was not happy with my computer, and it wasn't happy with me. Uh, no, lots of running the football, it looks like, in this game. We know the Falcons. It's their one love in life is to run the football, and they are also bad at defending it. So I think it's a low-scoring game. But like you said, like targets are targets, and especially when they're not coming from Trace McSorley. We're not going to say what they're upgrading to. Let's not get too fine in the details of what quarterback <laughs> is coming back to the lineup. It's not Kyler Murray, but it's better than Trace McSorley. And, it is. you know, we, we chase the volume, especially for guys who are super, super talented, which is still obviously true of DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, I mean, where'd you have him ranked? I, I think top 18. I think that's a little under something. I think he's still say I'm top 15. 17 right now. But... I'd probably go a few higher, but it's fine. I have a mind Chris Godwin and Mike Williams. I was at Mike Williams too high. I gotta you love more. Mike Williams. You're I a Mike Williams. I got, well, I didn't used to be. I used to be known as a Mike Williams hater. And now I'm somehow higher on him than everyone every week. I need to get him down. I mean, yeah, you know, you said targets are targets. Cash is cash. Uh, he's in the top 18 still. We'll be right back after this to close out the show. With some quarterback and tight end talk. Download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Geno Smith, guys, it's not going well. There's two touchdowns over his past two starts, averaging 5.4 yards per attempt over his past two starts. We don't know Tyler Lockett's status for the fantasy finals. He'd been producing as a QB1 for quite a while. Uh, playing now a Jets team is probably a top five or six pass defense. I have Geno Smith now as the QB 17 for the fantasy finals. Does it sound like too large of a fade to you guys? Yeah, that's a, a bit of a jump off the cliff for me. I agree. It's a tough matchup. I'm not going to have him ranked as a QB one. I don't think my rankings will be out in about less than 24 hours, about 18 hours, but like, Two bad weeks. Uh, two bad weeks for his fantasy production. Before that, he was starting to turn the ball over more and more and more. He was playing more poorly in real life, but not in fantasy. Exactly, yeah. Right. Like, their games were at least playing in an interesting way in that both teams were able to score points. And with Mike White under center, they should be able to put up points against Seattle. Uh, so he had – I forgot how incredible of a stretch. He had a, a stretch of just eye bonks. I'm not going to count live on the show. Here you go. Seven, seven consecutive games with at least two touchdowns. Back-to-back games with three touchdowns before these back-to-back games most recently of a touchdown apiece plus an interception. Obviously, no rushing production, really. So I'm I'm going to lean more on the early season sample. But at the same time, I do think like he probably ran hot to be that consistent throughout the year, and now he plays a difficult defense. Not a QB1 anymore, at least for this week. Uh, and this is the week that matters, obviously. But is he QB, what do you say, 17 or whatever? 17. I, I don't think I'd go that low on him, personally. Okay, currently have in mind Daniel Jones, I need to probably get him ahead of. Yeah. Brock Purdy, Tom Brady. Uh... Tom Brady, I'm you going that call? Gino, yeah. All of them cats. Know, yeah, for Tom sure, Brady man. I'm putting Tom Brady. Th- th- this, so, you know, yeah. Brock Purdy. I, 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 I like them, the Seahawks, the past two games, uh, you know, 
on the road versus Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City ain't known for some great defense, but still a great team. Uh, the game before that versus the San Francisco 49ers. So the past two matches done been kind of tough. Like you, you even saw versus Kansas City, the fellas trying to psych themselves out with their shirts off out there all swollen. <laughs> like you pulled to win the game first and then do all that. Um, now, from a fantasy standpoint, despite this, he's still been a top 10 quarterback the past three games, the past four games, and the past five. He's just sprinkling in a couple of those interceptions in there now. <laughs> that, that's a, like, we come on, Gino. We don't need that, baby. We, we room for you, man. But you sprinkling in the picks now. But so, like you mentioned, the Jets, I, I don't think it's going to get any easier, especially – with the Jets uh, fighting for uh, – and so are the Seahawks. I think they still fighting for a playoff spot. They are somehow. It's pretty yeah, remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, you know, Geno's past three games, he's had – in each of the past three games, he's had 40, 44, and 36 passing attempts. So, while that does give you more chance to throw interceptions and turn the ball over – it give you more chance to get those those points, whether it be early points or garbage time points. I'm still gonna have him hovering around that uh that that QB one level. But prior weeks, I've always had him at like quarterback seven, eight, nine. He ain't gonna be that high for me um, this week because of you know the recent struggles and the matchup versus the Jets. But uh, you know he he still. I'll still have him decently ranked. QB 13 or 14 is probably more appropriate, uh, especially if Tyler Lockett comes back from his finger injury, which he might. We're going to be waiting. That'll, for, that'll be big. We're going to be waiting for clarity on that, I feel like, all week. This seems like a classic Seahawks special where Pete Carroll's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's those doctors. I'm not a doctor, but the doctors say it looks amazing. They've never seen a better finger, but he's still a game time decision. Um, it's going to be very confusing. Geno Smith against the New York Jets or Mike White against the Seattle Seahawks. Still go Geno. I mean, they're going to have they got you know they're I think it's at home their favor, which gives them a higher implied team total. Uh, Yeah, and you know you don't get points for Mike White's completion percentage in most leagues. So I do have Geno now ahead of Mike White. I may have moved up Geno to a QB thirteen. That's right. It did. I just did a very initial scan through this morning. so I'm going to ask now because Gino or this next person who I don't quite know where to rank. What do we do with, with Gardner Minshew? Jalen Hurts remains sidelining against the New Orleans Saints. Is he a QB one? Is, is that insane? Is Gardner? It's definitely Minshew not insane, right? Because he's got one of the he's better. Got so offense. much talent. He's got so much talent around him. I'm not sure if you were. That, that's what I. That's what I meant. There. That's what I meant. I mean, he has so much talent around him. Himself, <laughs> uh, a little less talent. <laughs> I was making sure I completed yeah, yeah, that yeah, sentence. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's yeah. probably an above average backup. It is hard to make much of how to evaluate him in these circumstances because they're as favorable as you can be. He has a really smart coaching staff around him. Great offensive line. The uh, maybe the best receiver do. I'm gonna say like the second best. I, th- I still think Chase Higgins is like the best. Maybe like the second best receiving duo in the NFL though. And he's got his incredible tight end back as well. So evaluating him as, him as a talent, a difficult process. A little less so as a fantasy prospect. The only thing that I really think I wouldn't like about him this week is that the Saints probably aren't providing any uh, any sort of pushback against them. I mean, less less mention yeah. is more of the um, that's true. Like he was it. fueled by the Cowboys. Yeah, um, he was also fueled a little bit by his own mistakes. His own mistakes help 
you know, it's yeah. the Jameis. It, I mean, it was, it was a perfect example of uh, it, it's like the flip flop of Justin Herbert. He played a great fantasy game, but was also responsible for three of those four turnovers um, that the Eagles had, and probably could have had a couple others, but like you alluded to the talent around him is just exceptional. Devonte Smith was making catches. That's like, Oh my God. Like this dude, he was born going up over the middle, putting that little body in harm's way, just <laughs> doing it for the squad. Baby. I love Devonte the, the slim reaper, baby. Yeah. He don't care who at quarterback. He going to ball. Even if it's Gardner Minshew. Um, but yeah, no. Nah, um, from from a fantasy perspective, this week, it, it was almost like, can we? It, are we gonna get that versus the Saints, a team that, like you said, Kyle, may not provide much resistance, and they already got Kamara mad that he ain't getting touches on third down. So you know, this could be like wham bam, thank you, ma'am, and out the door right now. So who who knows what the game script is gonna be like? Yeah, it's be a big Boston Scott game by the end of the fourth quarter. Oh, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Oh my God. Yeah, the Saints are the variable here that probably hurts Gardner Minshew more than anything. And yes, not yeah, not the quality of their defense, the quality of their offense. Exactly. It's probably hurting the Gardner Minshew QB one streamer. Case. So we have to make a decision. Who do we? Ch- I I think because this was Gardner Minshew versus Geno Smith way yeah, Gardner back Minshew in the four versus Gino, ago, right? Gardner yeah. Minshew versus Geno Smith. Uh, I'll go. I think I'll go Gino. I'm going to go Gino. They're seriously like back-to-back this week. They're like the same player this week, almost. Lawrence, Gino, or Gardner Minshew? I'll go Gino. I currently have Minshew, but I I think if Lockett is playing, I'm going to make the switch. I'm going to make the switch. He uh, Gardner Minshew was like, it was like too good to be true last week. It was. Like he... It's been a theme for him several times throughout his career. Uh, too good to be true, Gardner Minshew. Tight end. We got. We're gonna end the show here with a few tight end conundrums. David and Joku at the Commanders. He's been severely banged up with knee issues the past two weeks. This has been kind of on a roller coaster though. With Deshaun Watson playing really poorly, a game where you just immediately throw at the trash. Week sixteen because of the weather. And Joku is scoreless five for forty two over his past two games, but even as he played hurt, he had touchdowns in his two games before that. Are we still, are we, are we comfortable with David and Joku top eight or top 10 tight end? I think we probably all agree. He's still top 12. Yeah. Top 12 is probably something we all agree on, man. This offense just has no life to it. Obviously last week, it's not a real strong indicator of what they are going forward. Weeks two, two weeks before that are at least some data saying that they're not going to be good on the other side. And Joku's appeared on the field for at least 94% of the team snaps in back-to-back-to-back weeks. He just, at this point, is the usage level of the player we always wanted him to be. Because, like, he just looks like the player where you just want to get him the ball, right? You just want to find ways to let him, like, he's like Derrick Henry of tight ends level athleticism. He's huge, incredibly great at yards after the catch. But, man, getting him the ball, getting anyone the ball on this team has been a struggle. I, I still think because of his usage and tight end is so poor, and I just like him as a talent. Sure, top eight. Have fun with it. I was tight at nine right now. What sounds right to you, Lawrence? We could go with that. Um, 
like you said, the 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 game in week 16, it was in the snow again. David Njoku, another dude who had his shirt off pregame. I'm from New Jersey, man. You know, so you know um you tell me nothing. I put him right on my fantasy bitch because of that weather. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it uh and it worked out. Lawrence, you're uh, you're right now stationed in New Jersey, right? Yes. So, and I'm not that tough to be walking out with my. I was shirt gonna on. say, <laughs> you know, it's probably cold where you are. Would you say zero degrees with a negative twenty wind chill? As someone from New Jersey, would you find that acceptable to have your shirt off in? Nah, not unless I was, I don't know, trying to look tough. I trying don't to catch two passes for fourteen yards. I don't want to get sick trying to show my pecs. Yeah, there you go. See, Lawrence has got life experience at this point. By the time you're in your 30s, you just know it's not worth the trade-off. It's not worth the trade-off. No one wants to get the flu. No, no, not at all. David Njoku or Taysom Hill at tight end? I think it's Taysom. That's another one where last week it's like such a weird way to project forward, but they've been trying to use Taysom more and more and more throughout the season, and last week was some dependent on the game environment, but just some dependent on the fact that like they're so... Lawrence, David Njoku, or Taysom Hill? Well, I, I had Taysom Hill ranked 13th last week, and, uh, you know, he kind of outdid that. I, I'm going to go back to Njoku, though. I'm going to go back to Njoku. He, he'll bounce back in, uh, I mean, decent, you know, not terrible weather. I have him one spot ahead of Taysom Hill. Pat Fryermuth or David Njoku? This will be how we, how we end the show. That, I'm going to go Fryermuth there. Yeah, I've got Pat. Touchdown Pat, one spot ahead of David Njoku. You just wanted Pat because his name Pat. It's true. We have Pat Solidarity. Patrick Mahomes, of course, leading the Pat. Pat. Yeah, we're by far. Yeah, that's we, you we number ask, two, though. I, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm ahead of Pat Fryermuth. We would ask Kyle, but his computer is being evil and has crashed on him again today. Yeah, it's just time to end the show. I was going to ask about Tyler Higby, but I mean, well, I don't know. Tyler Higby was bad for a month, then suddenly he was good again. It's a bad team that has some pop-up performances. I don't think we can get Tyler Higby back in the top 12. I did get him back in the top 15. I think I had him like tight end 16 or 17 um, for week 16. But back in the top 15, but there's only so much you can count on in this Rams offense. And the Chargers defense has been playing better. So we'll get out of here now. If Kyle Dvorak were here, he would tell you to check out his 32 stats article. It'd be really great for the fantasy finals. Got to check out Lawrence's flex finder article. Which, man, it's so many tough flex to see. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's the time of year where so many teams are hurt. Players are kind of shutting down. We're getting like these random QB changes. It's crazy out in Flexville. Um, so you got to check out Lawrence's article. Check out our preview show later this week. Check out my rankings. Check out Lawrence's rankings. Check out Kyle's rankings. Just check out everything on the site. There's going to be a lot of news this week, and we're going to keep it updated the best we can. So for Lawrence Jackson, for Kyle Dvorak, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We'll be back later this week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.